when I moved uh, to Nottingham to study here, I was totally new to the city. So I thought um, I'll find a good church to join. And I had some mates that were going to one in town, which was great, so I went along with them. But then I just had this weird growing sense that I should try this other place called Trent Vineyard that I'd heard of. But I didn't know anyone there. I didn't know anything about it. Um, and so I kind of put it off. And then one weekend, I drove back um, to visit family. And as I was driving back to Nottingham, I was wrestling again with this random thought about Trent Vineyard. Kind of didn't make sense. And um, so I decided to just pray right there in the car on the motorway. Lord, if this is you, I'm going to drive to Trent Vineyard this evening to the service and just do something to show me. And I came along, and the service was great, but nothing out of the ordinary happened. And um, so I was driving back to Beeston, feeling a little bit deflated and confused. And then as I parked up my car, I just heard this voice from across the road. Hello, where have you just come from? And then I was thinking, who is this strange woman talking to me? And um, this is weird. And I said, I've just got back from church, actually. It's called Trent Vineyard. And they said, no way, me too. My name's Susie, and I work at Trent Vineyard. <laughs> and <laughs> come along to my small group this Thursday. And we're going to be neighbors, because I live on this street, too, just a couple of doors up. And well, that was 13 years ago. And then I've been here at Trent ever since. And now I even find myself working with Susie, that strange woman that I met on the street. <laughs> and by the way, I've checked with Suze to see if it was normal for her to speak to strange men outside her house in the dark, and it totally was not. So it must have been a God thing for her too. And you could just say this was coincidental. But considering the impact it's had on my life since that moment, I think it was an example of God's guidance in my life. Now, wouldn't it be great if every time we needed some divine direction, this kind of thing happened. But if I'm honest, this kind of dramatic guidance is not exactly an everyday experience for me. Instead, like for many of us, I guess, this whole area of God's guidance is sometimes mysterious, a little bit challenging, sometimes just frustrating too. Who's had times where they just really wanted like a specific sign from God and then just nothing? So in the absence of Susie popping up whenever we need the right path ahead, how are we going to get wise guidance from God? Now, whether you're someone who's been following Jesus for years or someone early on in your journey of exploring, this topic is a massive one, isn't it? So really, today's only going to be a starter for 10, but I hope it will at least get you thinking about the source of where you're getting your wisdom and your guidance and give you some practical things that you can apply in your own life too. But why is this even important? Well, I heard, I heard an online stat recently that says we make about 35,000 decisions every day, which sounds incredibly tiring and incredibly speculative. But I know that while many of those decisions are small and inconsequential, some decisions we make are going to have a massive impact, aren't they, on, their lives, on our lives. And we desperately need wise guidance to get them right. You might be thinking through a big personal decision just at the moment. Maybe, maybe it's to do with like a career choice. You're thinking of changing career. Or maybe it's a relationship, um, perhaps that you'd like to start or even stop. Maybe you're considering moving house or city. Or maybe it's more reflecting on your day-to-day -day life, you know, the rhythm of your week or where you're investing your time, how you're spending your money. We need wise guidance, don't we? Now, on top of that, I think COVID has been this kind of mega catalyst 
for loads of people I know to be just reevaluating like everything and wrestling with perhaps more big decisions than usual. And I found this article in Time magazine which says the COVID-19 pandemic appears to have spurred a collective reckoning with our values, with our lifestyle and with our goals. And right now the dominant trend seems to be change itself. So perhaps more now than ever we need to find wise guidance for our lives. And today I want to just consider that in three ways. Firstly, the source of wise guidance, secondly, the importance of praying for wise guidance, and thirdly, some practical ways that we can get it. So, where do you go to if you need some advice and some direction? There's loads online right now, isn't there? And so the other day I was just doing some siliconing round our bathroom shower. Has anyone ever done that? It's like a tricky job. And so of course, where do I go to YouTube? And there's literally hundreds and hundreds of videos about how to silicone round your shower. And one of them, my favorite one, how to apply silicone, the complete pro guide. It's got I think 3.4 million views. Many of them are mine. And um, <laughs> it's definitely the best one out there. Although sadly, our shower has started leaking recently again. <laughs> so if anyone's got any tips, please come to me afterwards. Now, as followers of Jesus though, our primary source of wisdom and guidance is in our it's in our relationship, our connection with him. And the book of Proverbs in the Bible says says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy one is guidance. And the word fear in that context is not about being afraid of God or nervous of him. It's about having this personal trust and reverence towards him. It's like a heart posture that sees him as our lord and and says our will our will wants to go his way, his direction rather than our own. In the New Testament, we see Jesus promising to lead and guide his followers again just through their relationship with him. For example, John's gospel says this, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. And this picture of a of a shepherd and a sheep, it would have been so familiar to Jesus followers at the time, and he deliberately chooses it because it speaks of a closeness and an intimacy with him. And it's this kind of relationship with Jesus which gives us access to the wisdom and the guidance God wants us to have. And it's why moving on to our second point that we desperately need to be praying for wise guidance. In the Old Testament, a guy called King Solomon, he is most known, most famous for wisdom. And he famously has this dream where um God appears to him and says, "Ask me whatever you would like." And of all the options, Solomon famously chooses wisdom, to which God responds in this way, "Since you've asked for this and not for long life or wealth, I will do what you've asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart." so that there will never have been anyone like you nor will there ever be moreover i will give you what you didn't ask for both wealth and honor too and god is clearly just delighted with solomon's prayer here and i guess perhaps it's a little bit like how parents feel their children or pupil uh, teachers with their pupils our little boy samuel he's um he's coming on 3 now and he's gone into this kind of why stage that is probably familiar with many of us and there's like a why for everything And so after like 100 whys in a row maybe our patience is tested me and Lizzie but of course deep down we want him to grow in understanding so I think we are we are pleased with those whys nonetheless and later in the new testament we find this specific encouragement for us to pray for wisdom in the book of James 
says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who generously gives to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. And the context of this promise in the book of James is to believers who are really facing all kinds of trials and tests of their faith. And that makes sense to me because that's the time we need wise guidance the most, isn't it? When we're facing those trials and tests. Now, like everywhere else, you know, things here have been tricky to navigate with all of the COVID season. And um, thankfully, working at a church means it's not weird to pray before meetings. In fact, it's encouraged. And um, I can't remember the number of times that I've heard different ones of us pray, Lord, just guide us in this moment. We really just need wisdom right now. And passages like this one in James, it just gives that confidence, that assurance that God hears us and answers those prayers. And we're in this season of prayer and fasting right now in January. So why not you know, spend a little bit of time in, in the remaining time just focusing on this, praying for wisdom and guidance? Perhaps it's for you. You, need, you know you need that right now in your life. Or perhaps it's someone close to you that you know could do with some in theirs. As we step into all the complexities that this year no doubt will bring, let's just be a people that are just seeking God's wisdom and guidance. And finally, what are some of the practical ways we can grow in this? Well, I want to briefly mention five. I just first heard them on the Alpha course, and they've stuck with me ever since, partly because they all begin with the letters C and S. So the first one is commanding scripture. It's just this book, the Bible. Now, as I started following Jesus as a teenager, I heard that the Bible is a way that we we hear God guide us. And so I started doing that thing where you just open it on a page at random. Has anyone ever done that? Just open it up and see what's God going to say to me today. So I do that and I look down at this passage and it just says, don't put the Lord to the test. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) And now though, I find it kind of more helpful to see the Bible as a place where the general will for God is revealed for us, rather than the answer to every specific thing. And so, for example, while the Bible might not guide us exactly which church to go to, it does show us God's general will to be part of a church somewhere. And while the Bible might not tell us exactly how to be kind to someone, it does show us that God wants us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And of course, It's through the Bible that we know who God is, how we find a relationship with him through Jesus. It teaches us how we're to live, his will for our lives, the kind of person he wants us to become. And also in that way, the Bible becomes a kind of helpful litmus test because we can be sure that any other guidance we feel like we've got from somewhere else is not going to contradict what's in this book. So imagine you have a friend come to you and say, I've just had this dream last night. And we go to Sat Bain's restaurant, and we just have this lovely meal, and it's all fantastic. And then just at the right moment, we just slip out, and no one sees us, and we don't pay. You can reply with a degree of confidence about that one straight away. And it's a silly example, right? But it's it's an illustration of why it's important that we know what this book says, helping us, you know, guide us through each of those decisions that come our way. On to the second CS. It's compelling spirit, the Holy Spirit. The guidance we sometimes need is really personal, isn't it? And it's not just going to be found through reading this book. But thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit in us, guiding us, leading us. And actually, the book of Acts, it's full of examples of this happening. 
the Holy Spirit guiding the early followers of Jesus in all kinds of different ways. Acts 16, for example, describes an occasion when the Apostle Paul and some companions, they go to a certain place called Bithynia to share the gospel, and then we just read, the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. How did they experience that? We aren't told, so we can only really speculate. But then a few verses later, Paul has this vision of a man calling him to come to Macedonia, and he concludes that's where God's guiding them instead. Again, a different way that God is guiding them. And I'm sure here in the room, there'll just be countless ways the Holy Spirit has guided different ones of us. Visions and dreams, prophetic words, physical signs, a song we've listened to, pieces of artwork, or just a strong, perhaps, urge to do something. I know during lockdown for me, I was just walking along and then suddenly I just had this urge, I just need to phone this person like right now. And, and so I did, I just picked up the phone and within moments of answering, they were in tears and said, just, um, just a few moments before I prayed that, that, that God would just connect with me and we, I haven't felt connected for so long and you've just phoned me in this moment. Thank you, Jesus. And I know for me, it's a battle to to just have the courage and availability to respond to those nudges. And it's something I want to just press into doing more this year. Now, the Holy Spirit also gives us prophetic words, just words from God on behalf of someone else. They might be general words of encouragement or comfort, but they might provide specific guidance too. I remember the day I planned to go to Somerset to see Lizzie's parents and ask about um, proposing to Lizzie. And I was feeling pretty nervous about it, and I hadn't told anyone else um, that I was going. Obviously, I told them, but no, no one else. And then, just before I left, I just got this random text from someone I didn't know very well, which said this, I was thinking of you and Lizzie this morning. I don't know where things are at with you two, but I was praying for you to continue in looking to God together. Have a great day. And it was just such exact, timely encouragement. And thankfully, everything went well in Somerset too. <laughs> now, prophetic words that give specific guidance sometimes, I think, don't necessarily make a lot of sense in the moment, but they can become clearer later on, especially maybe if there's like a consistent theme over time. And for that reason, I think it's worth, if we ever get something like that, to keep a record of it, maybe keep it on a computer folder somewhere or in a file. We also need to weigh up any directional prophecies we've got. We can firstly do this, making sure they don't contradict you know, what, it, what it says in this book, like we, like we mentioned earlier. But also we can ask God to confirm that guidance in a number of ways. Um, and that's really important if it's you know, a, specific, you know, a really big thing that would be a big change for our lives. Now the third CS is common sense. And we see this one at work in the book of Acts 2. Acts 15, for example, it records this moment, the early Christians are trying to deal with this controversial issue regarding how old Jewish traditions are going to be applied to the new non-Jewish believers. And they call this special meeting where they just consider the matter. And after thinking through both sides of a discussion, James, one of the early church leaders, he says this, it's my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for Gentiles returning to God. He's using his judgment. He's us they're using their minds to work through the issues and arrive at a certain conclusion. 
And similarly, we're not abandoned to, you know, we're not called to abandon our common sense, but rather be transformed by the renewing of our minds so we can approve what God's will is, his good and perfect and pleasing will. We have these minds that, you know, have the capacity to analyze, to go through things logically. And there are things we can do to engage our common sense. You know, maybe it's just writing out a list of all the pros and cons of a certain decision that's coming up. Or maybe it's just asking ourselves searching questions like, if everything goes well, if I choose this path, is that actually where I want it to, to get me in the end? Now, on to our fourth CS, which is Council of the Saints. Slightly shoehorned in, but basically it means talking to wise people. And the book of Proverbs says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. I know I've benefited from people's advice on just countless occasions, and I dread to think where I'd be actually without it. But having said that, I still find it tempting to fall into a couple of mistakes. On the one hand, you know, my pride can get in the way of asking advice or really listening to what someone says. On the other hand, I could be tempted to kind of abdicate responsibility and just say, oh, well, they told me to do that. And I think, ideally, it's, it's helpful to get just a range of wise people we trust if we're facing a big decision. For me, yeah, it helps to find one or two who are also right not in the midst of the thing that I'm thinking about because then they won't have kind of personal feelings about it. So I've got a friend, Matt, living down on the south coast, and if I'm faced with a big thing, a big decision, you know, he'll be the first person I'll pick up the phone to and talk it through before making that decision. And on to our, our final CS, circumstantial signs. Sometimes external things can happen which can be signs of God, God's guidance too. It might be just a case of different doors opening up for us or closing however hard we push, and that can be frustrating. Other times we might have circumstantial signs that just show us that God is real and active in our lives. And we've got to know Heather um, in our Alpha Online group, and she's now in our small group. And Heather would describe herself as kind of logical and rational as a person. But she's been just getting loads of little signs that show us that you know, God is real and active in her life. She's a teacher, and after an Alpha session, we looked at how can I have faith. She finds a, a Bible randomly put in her pigeonhole at work, open at the page, and with Jesus' words underlined, those who believe without seeing me will be truly happy. Another time, one of her work colleagues emailed some notes where they referenced Psalm 18. And Heather looked up the psalm and read it, which was unusual for her, and then she came along to our small group, which was, of course, a Bible study on Psalm 18. <laughs> and on their own, they're kind of small and coincidental maybe, but they're together providing you know, evidence of God's work in Heather's life. So there are the five CSs, ways we can receive God's guidance. Commanding scripture, compelling spirit, common sense, counsel of the saints, and circumstantial signs. It might be that God gives us wise guidance through any single one of those. But for a big decision, I'd recommend, you know, Think of them coming all together. Um, maybe there's one or two of those that you find more difficult right now. And perhaps today is a, is a challenge for you to press into those. And some of us, you know, we've been following Jesus for a while. And I think we can slip into a habit of looking elsewhere for, for our wise guidance. 
And this is especially challenging because our culture, more than ever, is, is perhaps offering us ideas that go against what God says. And if you're anything like me, there's also a constant pull towards what's comfortable. And so I know I need to keep coming back, keep coming back to this subject, keep coming back to questions like, are there areas in my life, compartments, that I know that I've kind of sealed off and that I'm not open to God's guidance in? Or, you know, what really is my motivation deep down for choosing a particular direction? Am I regularly praying about this decision I'm facing? It might be, though, that you're new to faith or exploring still. Maybe you've just got a ton of questions at the moment. Maybe you're not happy with the direction your life is going in. And right now, I think there's just an invitation for you just to step into that relationship with Jesus and begin to reorientate your life around him and, and discover him as the source of your wise guidance. Maybe you could just experiment with one of these five categories this week and, and ask God about something and just see what he says in that area. And finally, I think for a number of us, perhaps right now, there's just a decision you're facing that's a really big one in your life. And you really feel that you could do with some, some guidance right now, some specific guidance. 